there's a light.
stop thinking of the things we do The way you call me baby when I'm holding you I shake and I shiver when I know you're near Then you whisper in my ear Oh baby, where, where? Is 
song hits you. What do you say we get things started? And how about doing it with a Tuesday twofer? Tonight, two songs off the sequel album, Clube da Esquina 2. Helmed mostly by Milton Nascimento, but featuring many, many guests. Like this one, Milton Nascimento and Lo Borges. It's called Ruas de Cidade. Guaicurus, Caetés, Guaitacás, Estupinambás, Aimorés, Todos no chão. Guajajaras, Tamóis, Tapuias, Todos chimbiras, Tupis, Todos no chão. A parede das ruas não devolveu que se amou Horizonte perdido No meio da selva Cresceu a Passa bonde Passa boiada Passa trator, avião Ruas e reis Guajajaras Tamóios, tapuias Tupinambás, aimorés Todos no chão Cidade contou meu coração tantos nomes de quem morreu. Horizonte perdido no meio da selva cresceu arraial, arraial. Passa bonde, passa boiada, passa trator, avião, ruas e reis. Guajajaras, tamóios, tapuias, tupinambás, aimorés, todos no chão. A cidade plantou no coração tantos nomes de quem morreu. Horizonte perdido no meio da selva cresceu arraial. Deixou não sei que lá 
não quer chegar e já passou e quer ficar e nem ligou e me deixou qualquer lugar desatinou caiu no mar caiu no mar nena Cadê você, Dora? Cadê você, Pablo Lilia? Cadê você?
Milton Nascimento and Lo Borges, and then Milton Nascimento by himself in the middle there with Oro de Agua. We've got an episode of Nightfall coming up in the last half hour of the show, but so much more good music to get to before that. Like this set, this very, very British set. We're going to start it out with Kit Hain from the repackaged collection Looking For You slash Spirits Walking Out. Here she is with Inner Ring. It's 23 minutes after 10 p.m. You're tuned into BFF.FM. Best frequencies forever. My name's Christopher Wind, and this is Horizons. When you arrive at the moon tonight, show yourself in the crystal light as we circle, as we circle, circle away the hours. Dancing by the fireside, watching as you descend and glide to the circle where we circle.
I see wind of night be gone, this is not your domain. In the sky a bird was heard to cry. Misty morning whisperings and gentle stirring sounds. Belie the deathly silence that lay all around. Hear the lark and hearken to the barking of the dog fox gone to ground. See the splashing of the kingfisher flashing to the water. And a river of green is sliding unseen beneath the trees. Laughing as it passes through the endless summer making for the sea. Flashing of the kingfisher, flashing to the water. And a river of green is sliding unseen beneath the trees. Laughing as it passes through the endless summer, making for the sea. Water meadow, I lay me 
down All around me golden sunflakes covering the ground Basking in the sunshine of a bygone afternoon Bringing sounds of yesterday into my city room through the endless summer making for the sea Half the world hates 
37 minutes after 10 p.m. A very British set was promised, and a very British set was delivered. My name is Christopher Wind. You're tuned into BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. The name of the program is Horizons, and the name of the artist who we heard just there is Toya. Offer LP Minx, a song called Sympathy. In the middle there, well, I think Umaguma, as far as Pink Floyd records go. Not that you asked, but I think Umaguma is my favorite, and it's taking me many years to make that final decision, but I think I've got to go with Umaguma, based, if nothing else, on the live version of the saucer full of secrets. And on that song there that we just heard in the middle, Grand Chester Meadows, if you don't know the album, it's a double LP. One record is all live stuff. The second is divided. Each member gets a side of one LP to do their own compositions. And Grand Chester Meadows is one of two from Roger Waters on that LP. Starting out the set, it was Kit Hayne from the repackaged collection Looking For You slash Spirits Walking Out. Song called Inner Ring. We gotta hear more from Kit Hayne. The more I listen, the more I like. And I know there's plenty of Horizons-worthy material in her discography to work from. Coming up, off the LP chalk mark in a rainstorm, it's Joni Mitchell, a song called The Tea Leaf Prophecy, and then in parentheses, Lay Down Your Arms. It's 39 minutes after 10 p.m. You're tuned into BFF.FM, best frequencies forever. Two weeks later, Molly McGee, no one else 
lantern moon hung high in gold in the cold November sky. The locusts sang a midnight song, and the starlight wind was a sigh. And you moved me with no hand, like the moon moves the sea. What I wouldn't give for the love that used to be. The icy roofs below me now shelter all the souls within. But oh, what's gonna shelter me from the thought of what could have been? Why does laughter remembered always lead me to tears? I got the life I want, but I don't have what I need. Homeless Tuned into BFF.FM, best frequencies forever. 
My name is Christopher Wind, and this is Horizons and that 80s Carol King, of which I was just referencing. It's a song called Homeless Heart, off an LP called City Streets. In the middle of that set there, I think maybe as a quiet, intentional wish that we would get more of them and more opportunities to do what the title suggests. It was Marvin Gaye from the LP Romantically Yours, a song called Walkin' in the Rain. Starting out that set from the album Chalkmark in a Rainstorm, Joni Mitchell, the tune is called The Tea Leaf Prophecy, and then in parentheses, Lay Down Your Arms. It's an interesting record that Chalkmark in a Rainstorm, it goes a lot of places. Some sublime, some almost seeming like parody. There's three duets on it. The most notable, the most salient, is the one with Peter Gabriel. I think it opens up the record. And there's also a duet with Willie Nelson, which, don't get me wrong, is nothing to shake a stick at. But you could kind of see Joni Mitchell doing a a duet with Willie Nelson pretty much at any point in her career. Joni Mitchell doing a duet with Peter Gabriel during the So era. Now that really stands out. There's also a duet with Billy Idol, but we won't talk about that one. We gotta find our way out of this first hour so we can get across the line into hour two. And then eventually, about halfway between 11 and midnight, we can get into our episode of Nightfall. So let's find our way out of this hour first. And let's let MFSB guide us along the way. From their LP, Mysteries of the World, let's tell me why. Seven minutes in front of 11 p.m., you're tuned into BFF.FM. Best frequencies forever. My name's Christopher Wind, and this is Horizons.
name is Christopher Wind. I'm here with you and here for you every Tuesday, 10 p.m. to midnight. And I'd like to welcome you with open arms and a bright, shining heart to the second hour of Horizons. Later on this hour, about 11.30, maybe a little bit before, we're going to get into another broadcast or rebroadcast from the Canadian Broadcasting Company. This particular story aired February 18th, 1983. It's a story of hurt feelings, lasting pain, and telekinesis. Written by Canadian author Sean Selway. It's a story called Semi-Detached. And I'll forewarn you the sound on it. It's a little squidgy. You know, these are just based off of cassette tapes people ran from the radio in the early 80s. But the story itself, the production of it, I mean, all of the Nightfall episodes, or most of them, are great. Great radio dramas done by consummate professionals. But this one, it stands out in a way that a lot of them don't. It really does listen like a mind movie. I really think you're going to enjoy it. I hope so, at least. But that's later. Let's talk about now. Let's talk about that song that gets me every time. It's by Angelique Kijo. It's off of her The Best Of collection, an album called Keep On Moving. The song, Tournée La Page. And before Angelique in that little two-song set, little two-song set to get us out of the first hour of Horizons, it was MFSB, Mother, Father, Sister, Brother, from their LP, Mysteries of the World. The song was called, Tell Me Why. We've got some great music coming up here in the second hour before we get to that episode of Nightfall. We'll be hearing from Lauren Wood, Clonard, Roberta Flack, Barbara Dixon, Joe Jackson. In fact, speak of the devil, and he will appear. Here comes Joe Jackson, off the Mike's Murder original motion picture soundtrack, a song called Moonlight. It's three minutes after 11 p.m. You're tuned into BFF.FM, best frequencies forever. My name is Christopher Wind, and this is Horizons.
artist we just heard. Well, she was number three in our pantheon. Roberta Flack, with a song off the original motion picture soundtrack to the movie White Nights. A song called People on a String. It's 16 minutes after 11 p.m. You're tuned into BFF.FM, best frequencies forever. My name is Christopher Wynn, this is Horizons, and speaking of our Artists of the Year, normally, historically, we would be in the first month of a new Artist of the Year here in October, but I decided to let the rebroadcasts of Canadian scary radio dramas from the 80s take the spotlight, so we'll be welcoming a new Artist of the Year in the first week of November. Before our third artist of the year, Roberta Flack, we heard Barbara Dixon off of an LP called The Right Moment. The song was called Tenderly. And starting out that set, from the Mike's Murder original motion picture soundtrack, it was Joe Jackson with a song called Moonlight. You know, Clock on the Wall is telling me that we've got one little two-song set left in between us right now and the episode of CBC's Nightfall called Semi-Detached. So it's upon us to make it a good couple songs to get over that hill. Here's the first of two. It's Clannad off their LP Sirius, the song called Skellig. It's 17 minutes after 11 p.m. You're tuned into BFF.FM, best frequencies forever. My name is Christopher Wind. This is Horizons. Like mighty ships that sail Atlantic foam The Skellig Isles parade the Kerry coast It's a strange place with the needle's eye Where shipwrecks lie Where the king of the world Rested for a while And the place for the pilgrim A sanctuary of time
Frederick Hend, your fellow analyst on tonight's grim excursion into the craggy corners of the mind. You know, comfort and security are things many of us took for granted as children. But what of the uprooted child, the youngster who doesn't belong, who doesn't feel safe? What might such a child do to even the odds? In tonight's story... Semi-detached by Sean Selway, fear becomes a tangible reality. Listen. When I'm asked what a psychiatrist actually does, 
I often say, we look for the beginnings of things in order to help the patient start over. The Littlewood case began with a long-awaited phone call. Damn, how many times does she have to be told? Sarah? Hi, honey. She's playing outside, I think. What's wrong? She left her damn bike in the driveway again. Uh, well, I... <laughs> so, what's the word? Nothing yet. The lab said the doctor would call. Well, <laughs> hell, it's 4.30 now. Did they say today? Yes. Great. Oh, uh, Tom called from Children's Aid. He's coming by tomorrow afternoon. Good. So, if you are pregnant, he can start making the arrangements to get Sarah back with her mother. Ray, if Sarah wants to stay with us, I'd like to keep her. Uh, I can't see that. But, Ray, I... You know how hard you took that miscarriage. She's a lot more settled now, Ray. Besides, I'm not going to be lying on a couch or something all day. Nicole? Nicole? I know. Don't say no, okay? Until I finish asking. Sarah. Please, can I go rose skating with Tanya? I'll do the dishes. Uh, later, okay? Go back out and play for a few minutes, okay? But I have to tell Tanya. Go on. Okay. Cut it out, Sarah. Hello? Uh, this is she? It is? Yes. Yes. Thank you very much. It's positive. All right. Oh, oh, hi. Oh. Hugging and kissing. I see Ray Nicole. I see Ray Nicole. The consequences of that phone call began to unfold the following day. Tom McDermott from Children's Aid arrived to pay the family a visit. I'll get it. I'll get it. Hi, Sarah. Oh, hi. It's Mr. McDermott. Oh, hello, Tom. Come on in. Oh, How hi, are Tom. you? <laughs> Good hi, to Ray. see you. You're sending me back, aren't you? Now, don't get upset, honey. Sarah, you know you're going to be here for just six months. Yeah, but it's not even six months it's yet. just that with the baby coming, we won't have time to look after you properly. There's a problem. Huh? The thing is, we've lost touch with Sarah's mother. What? Well, apparently she's left her apartment, and we can't locate her. Where am I going to be, then? Ray, Sarah can't be just bounced from place to place. Okay, okay. I have to think about it for a minute. Uh, would you like a coffee, Tom? Okay, I'll put on the kettle, then. Uh, you stay put. I'll get the kettle. I have to tell you, it uh, may take a little time to place her elsewhere. We've lost 13 foster homes since January. Oh, no. Oh, 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 o
In the two weeks since the incident with the stove, a number of strange events had convinced him he had a poltergeist on his hands. He believed it had something to do with Sarah. I agreed to see the Littlewoods to make a preliminary evaluation. Nothing more. Dr. Gray? Hmm? Mrs. Littlewood is here. Oh, thanks, Joanne. Please send her in. Hello. Bob Gray. Please come in. Thank you. Didn't your husband come with you? He wanted to, but he was off a few days last week and he didn't want to lose any more time. Oh, I see. Well, uh, why don't you tell me about these occurrences? Okay. Uh, it's just little oddities. Mm -hmm. The radio will turn itself on full blast. Or, or the TV. Or, uh, the phone rings, and when you pick it up, it keeps on ringing. Yes. It's, uh... <laughs> Defrosted the refrigerator once. That was a good one. <laughs> there was water all over the place. Uh, uh, tell me, why do you say little oddities? Well, because it's nothing that fancy. Just that I'll get stuck. But, but do you think it's right that these things should happen to you? Right? I don't understand. Well, it, it must be an ordeal for you, uh, on top of everything else. Well, no... How do you mean everything else? I don't feel persecuted, if that's what you mean. <laughs> well, well, how do you feel about it all? Well, I'm just nervous, mostly. But sometimes, it's almost comical. Bothers my husband more. He thinks it has something to do with Sarah, somehow. Your foster child? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think? Oh, I don't believe it for a moment. It was when she lied so poorly about Sarah that I began to believe the rest of well, her story. What do you do? When, for example, the, the, the radio starts playing by itself. We pull the plug. And? Well, nothing. It stops. Does this happen when Sarah is in the room? She's usually around the house, yes. We talked for an hour. By the end, I was convinced. What Nicole described to me that day was the classic poltergeist syndrome. Bizarre pranks centered around a young girl with a history of emotional disorder. Later, much too late... I reread my notes again and again, searching for the clue I'd failed to hear, the point I'd failed to query. But as I listened to Nicole that afternoon, it fell into place all too clearly. When Nicole became pregnant, Sarah was naturally resentful of the unborn child. She was somehow able to release bursts of psychic energy which played the part of a rival to the unborn child, making mischief around the house, attracting precious attention. In all likelihood, Sarah was completely unconscious of her role in these occurrences. The case clearly required specialized treatment. And the next day, I advised Tom to refer the Littlewoods to the Porter Institute for Parapsychological Research in Michigan. I was totally unprepared for his response. No, you can't do that. I beg your pardon. You think I'm going to let her become the subject of some ten-year study? If she winds up shuffling between a lab and a dormitory, I... Okay, I'm sorry. Look... I need one person. One house and one person she can attach herself to. No teams of researchers or batteries of... Tom, I appreciate your concern. But if she had uncontrollable fits of temper, you'd have no hesitation at all about treating her, Don't right? pressure me, Tom. Look, I'm asking you. Two weeks. If nothing works out, I'll accept whatever you recommend. Tell me something. How, how long have you been doing this, Tom? Uh, three years. Have you ever thought of going back to nursing? Oh, once in a while, not often. I started to lose my distance, so I made a move. Mm -hmm. I'm 
I'm a little more detached these days. Oh, yes, I can see that. Well, uh, semi-detached. <laughs> Come on, Bob. Two weeks. All right. It's probably a mistake, but I'll try. Thanks. That's great. Thank you. Why did I agree? Perhaps he really had persuaded me. Or perhaps I only wanted the opportunity to test my hypothesis. And my reluctance was sham from the start. You have actually seen some of these manifestations yourself. Oh, I've seen them all. In fact, I think I'm the trigger. Oh? See, my theory is that whenever I show up, the kid feels extremely threatened. Do I got it? I'm the one who's going to take her away, right? Yes. Now, something ticks over in her head and the appliances go haywire. Possibly. Something occurred to me. If the events are some kind of signals, hey, why not see if it will deliver that signal in normal speech? Find out what it wants. No. Absolutely not. But, Bob... Add a voice to these phenomena. You'll give them a higher form of organization. And I suspect you'll have completed the division of Sarah into two distinct personalities, one of which doesn't even share the same body with her. Nothing could be worse than to precipitate this kind of split. Okay. When do you start? Tuesday at three. Okay, I'll see you then. You will? I'll be driving them, didn't I tell you? No. Ray wants nothing to do with you. He thinks all shrinks are quags. Well, that's awkward. Without the cooperation of both parents, I'm not sure... Holy smokes. One thirty already. I've got to run. Uh, say, uh, after you've banished this polar guy, maybe you could work on another problem for me? Oh, what's that? Find out what Nicole could possibly see in that guy. An odd remark. I opened my mouth to tell him so, but he was gone. It crossed my mind that his involvement had become far too personal. But then I turned my thoughts to the more immediate problem. Perhaps if Nicole had been a little less stubbornly protective of Sarah, I wouldn't have pushed so hard. But I was curious. I decided to provoke a demonstration from Sarah. Now, uh, Nicole, I'd like to talk to you about the baby first. Yes. Privately. Well, but Sarah, I... wait here with Mr. McDermott, please. Do I have to? Don't argue, please. Excuse me. Save I... it, Tom, will you? I'd like to get started. Oh, uh, Joanne. That article I wanted Xerox. I'll just finish this. Um, you want it now? Yeah. Oh, keep joking. Look, why don't you have lunch while you're at it? I'll answer the phone. Oh, thanks. Come on in, Nicole. I didn't like the way you spoke to her, and I really don't think it's a good idea to exclude her I'm like I'm sorry this. about that, but I have a reason for it. Can you bear with me? Well, I don't know if I can... Beautiful. It's working. What? Listen, listen, that's not Joanne typing. You're right. It's not at all a good idea to exclude her. Pull the plug. I'm trying. There. It's that thing again. Now it's following us around. Sarah, why don't you come in now? I don't want to talk to you. All right. But if you change your mind, you just come in, okay? Nicole, can we go now? I'm a bit scared. We'll be right here if anything else happens, honey. She'll be all right now. She's let off some steam. Nicole, I think you'll have to admit it's Sarah. I don't care if it is. It's not her fault. No, no, no. Of course not. Let's talk about what I think is happening. I was delighted. With a single stroke, I'd cut through the main obstacle. <laughs> but I should have remembered that every faculty grows stronger with use. And that I was not the only one who wanted to go quickly. Sarah... What a face. Leave me alone. I know you think it's me. We're just trying... Leave me alone, I said. What's that noise? Shh. Listen. 
coming from? It's that picture. I'm going to get Nicole. Uh, no, wait a second. I wonder if it can tap with a beat. Uh, let's, let's try. Just once, okay? Well, you start. Okay. How about like this? Like a horse. It's coming from the air. I wonder if uh, we could get it to talk. Huh? How about just saying hello, huh? Let's do it together. Betty? Hello? Hello? Tom, I could wring your bloody neck. Sarah, cut it out right now or I'll shake you silly, you little... The picture! We stood there, gaping at the network of cracks in the glass. First, with a kind of simple wonder. Oh, Christ. Broke it. What a miserable thing. Then, the trickle of fear. That web of black cracks was the signature of a new being. I would have to account for this. God. Don't know. Dear God. I sent Nicole and Sarah home with my promise to break the news to Ray myself tonight. Then, I turned to Tom McDermott, completely destroyed my hopes of keeping the symptoms within bounds. At least we've got something we can deal with. You're now. damned right we do. We've got two distinct egos that don't even know they belong to each other. Look, Bob. All right. You are going to stay out of it. Don't go near that house again. I'm going to call Squick at Children's Aid, and the three of us are going to sit down tomorrow and make a few decisions. Good enough. I'd expected him to put up more of a fight about it. Instead, he gave me a grin that was positively mischievous, as though he'd hidden the chalk or deflated the principal's tires. I should have wondered what that meant. But I was too busy being relieved. At least he would be out of harm's way, and mine. Or so I thought. Hi, honey. Oh, hello, Tom. Sarah, turn that down. Tom's staying for supper. Uh-huh. Anyone else for a beer? Tom, you look like you need something. I'll have one. Oh, what? For Christ's sake. Nicole, this bridge is frozen solid. Look at this beer. It's a goddamn popsicle. Great, take it easy. Dr. Gray thinks he can help us. Us, us. Look, as far as I'm concerned right now, it's not our problem. It's Sarah's problem, and she's the children's aid's problem, not ours, okay? The point is made. Oh, what? That never happened yet. Sarah, get a damp cloth before it sinks in. Oh. Do as you're asked. Where's that coming from? That, look, okay, that's enough. Knock it off, Sarah. Doing it. You're not, eh? Well, let's hear voices with my hand over your mouth like this. Oh, Let go of her. Sit down, Tom. Well, I don't hear anything. He hurt me. Tom, if you don't move this kid, 
I'm going to the higher-ups. And if that doesn't work... Stop it! Jesus! Stop it this instant! Jesus! Have you found the kid's mother yet? Right, come on. Uh, Sarah, run upstairs, please. What if it's up there? Well, then you call me. Go on now. Ray, whatever it is, it's just a little kid. You can't be afraid of it. Oh, Christ, Nicole, wake up. We can't deal with this. She's some kind of schizo. I'm going to call the CAS and end this. Ray, wait. Just give Dr. Gray a chance. A few more hours. That's Nicole, a... you're such a fish. Okay. Okay? But it's against my better judgment. Boy, is it ever. Want that coffee warmed up? Sure, thanks. Uh, glasses. What? The third shelf down. I, I should save some for Ray when he finishes the lawn. He's not really like this, you know. Oh? Well, I only hope that Sarah doesn't give up on fathers altogether. Oh, a child can get by on surprisingly little. Voice of experience talking. I was a foster child myself. Oh, you were? Yeah. At first, my aunt took me, but uh, she tried to cure me of swearing by... By uh, putting my tongue on the stove element. My God. She was also fond of uh, putting me in the closet for a day at a time. So they uh, pulled me out of that family and uh, shifted me around for a few years. Tom! Tom! Come look at my bike. Five minutes. Oh, yeah, five minutes. Go ask Ray if he wants another coffee. All right. Five minutes is up, you know. Uh, Not quite, Sarah. Ray? Oh, is it broke? Uh, No. I'm just cleaning the guck off the blades. I just came to ask. I'm busy, Sarah. Oh, damn it, Rayo. Hey, Sarah, get the plug! My shoes, Scott! Nicole! Let me see your foot, Ray. Ray, let me see your foot. Call an ambulance. All right. I'm going to tie this around your leg. telephone. By 7.30, I had talked to everyone, except Swick at Children's Aid. She wasn't at her office or at home. Venturi and Lerner at the Porter Institute suggested several strategies, and I'd begun to feel a little less helpless. Then, Swick returned my call, and what she told me knocked me back in my chair. Before I'd had time to piece together the implications of what I'd learned, Nicole finally got through. Yes? Dr. Gray? I've been trying and trying to... Nicole, what is it? Ray was cutting the grass. And the lawnmower switched itself on and pulled his foot in. Tom is is trying to... Tom? Tom is there? Well, yes, he was waiting for you. Is there something wrong? I'll be right there. Fifteen minutes. I suppose I panicked. My one thought was to get over there before... I didn't know what anymore. Ray? Uh, Ray, are you awake? How are you feeling? Sore. I bring you up the TV, but we're keeping the power off in case. Tom's been on the phone trying to find a place for Sarah, but it is after 8 o'clock. Then give me the phone book, will you? He is doing his best. Relax. I'm just calling Crocker to tell him I won't be in tomorrow. 
Look, uh, why don't you go down and get Mr. Screw up to come and help me on the stairs? I can help you down the stairs. Nicole, for the last time, you're going to lose that baby if you don't watch it. I'll get Tom. Mm. You must feel we've abandoned you. Mr. Reinhold has been trying. Uh, who? Mr. Reinhold? He'll be taking over for Mr. McDermott. I'm afraid Mr. McDermott left behind a good deal of paperwork which simply... Uh, has... Excuse me, left behind? I know that sounds terribly bureaucratic, as if we put that... Uh, no, 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 it's not that. It's, it's just that I didn't realize... But Sarah's mother will have completed her manpower course next week, and we think she'll be... Right. Uh, in here... Uh, sorry, did you say Sarah's mother what? We'll finish her course and should be able to marry. Okay, Larry, like I say, it'll be a week anyway. Yeah, sure. No, no, thanks again, Larry. You sure you want to move around on that foot, Ray? Yeah, I'm sure. Just give me your shoulder and I'll be fine. Easy does it. I don't know why you won't stay lying down, Ray. Here's the chair. I'll uh, just lean here for a minute. Oh, Ray. Uh, Tom, uh, how about whipping down and putting in the breaker? I could use a coffee. Okay. Kind of dark down here. Ray, what are you doing? Making sure your phony friend stays put while we call the cops. Hello? The door closed. Uh, no, Ray, this is really stupid. I just called Schwick. He doesn't even work for them anymore. Ray, can we open the door, please? Ray, you have to let me out. No way, Tom. Call the police. No, I will not. Can't be in the dark. Ray, Ray, Ray do it myself. Can you open the door. Ray, oh! he's going crazy in there. Give me the scissors, Ray. No, you don't. Oh, I didn't do that for. Let him go. Because like this, you wouldn't even take one poor kid. You know where he belongs? On 6B with psychotics. Now, at last, I understood. He had said he was the trigger. He was much more than that, though he never knew it. Nor would he ever know now. Tom? I'm going to my room now. My God, Nicole, I'm sorry. Tom, nobody's going to punish you. I just want to talk to you. No. Nope. Never coming down. If you come up, I'll run and I'll jump out the window and then you'll be sorry. Tommy. Tommy. You're tired out. Why don't you lie down and have a nap for a while? All right. But don't you come up here. I won't. Promise. 
Night, Nicole. Night, Tom. Just keep your eyes on him while I get to the phone. Yes, this is an emergency. Could we have an ambulance and police to Charles and Henderson? There'll be someone out front. it up to her. The Toms are in Michigan, or one of them is. The voice has not been heard from for several months, and Dr. Venturi's last communication was quite hopeful. In his view, Tom's core personality went to sleep when he was 12, as a result of his aunt's abuse. When the adult Tom wanted to replace Ray as Nicole's husband, the sleeping Tom wanted to replace Sarah as Nicole's child. The conflict was so strong that his personality was annihilated in the struggle. Enclosed with Venturi's letter was one of Tom's drawings intended to be Nicole. My first impression was that the handling of the crayons was very crude. Then I realized that I was judging it in comparison with the work of a normal 12-year-old. As usual, I was taking the wrong perspective. Sometimes bottling up your problems can put a bit too much pressure on the container. Here's who was involved in tonight's production. Semi Detached was written by Sean Selway and starred David Calderesi as Dr. Gray, Mary Peary as Nicole, and David Stein as Tom and the voice of the poltergeist. Also heard were Peter McNeil as Ray and Andrea Schwartz as Sarah. Technical operation was by Derek Stubbs. Sound effects by Matt Wilcott. Production assistant, Nina Callahan. Semi-Detached was produced and directed in Toronto by William Lane. Executive producer for the series, Don Kowalchuk. And now, your host. So, we'll be back again next week for A Glaze of Perfect Beauty by Stephen Fraygood. Until then, this is Frederick Hemd for nightfall.
I feel like we haven't checked in on that in a while. Life. It's just too much of it. All roaring back. I hope you're taking time to take care of yourself. And taking time to take care of those around you who you love and care about. Who might need it. Sounds in the Dark is up next. You're tuned into BFF.FM, best frequencies forever. My name is Christopher Wind, I'm here with you, and here for you, every Tuesday, 10 p.m. to midnight. And until the next time we can be here, together, in the nighttime, to do just this, let's keep it you. <laughs>